call it when we just be and just represent without any outcome needed because he's the God of the outcome, not us. And we just speak, God works. And, um, you know, we've been looking at faith and what faith is. And so I'm hoping this is encouraging you because um, faith is a substance. The Bible says that faith is the conviction of the unseen. So a conviction is something that you know and you live from, isn't it? If you have a conviction in your life, then it's something that it's immovable. You are convicted by it, so you live from it. So if you have a conviction that the All Blacks are the best team in the world, then you'll be found representing them, and you'll be engaged in that. If you have a conviction in your home that, let's say your children go to bed at 7 o'clock, then you have a conviction, you have a knowledge that you live out, and your children are in bed before 7 o'clock. So faith, the Bible says, is a conviction of things that aren't seen in the physical, but they are seen in another realm, in an eternal realm, which is now, because the kingdom has come. And so it's things in the spirit. And we have to be a people who know the things of the spirit, aren't we? Because we've been given the Holy Spirit to lead us into all things in this invisible kingdom. And the more we know, the greater conviction we have, which is faith. So faith is a substance. It's not this wishy-washy thing. It's not this thing that you sort of hope that Jesus is going to get you through something. It's something that you have in you that's growing in you that you live from. It's an absolute assurance of a reality that already is that maybe other people can't see and don't know, but you do because you're of the Spirit, you walk in the Spirit, you eat from the Spirit, and you live out what already is from His perspective, isn't it? It's walking in divine order. It's having a divine perspective, a divine reality, and living from the divine place, not the temple, not the human, not the earthly, yes? So just to clarify again, because I think we confuse faith and trust. I think we actually have blended those two things together. And so we use language like, oh, I hope by faith it happens. No, you're hoping by trust something's going to happen. Trust is what you need when you don't have faith. And faith comes because you step out in trust. So trust empowers faith. Because trust is something like, oh, can I trust in what you say? I don't know. See, faith would go, well, I know it, so I step into it. Yeah. Trust goes, I don't know it, so I'm now having to make a decision. Are you tracking with me? So you tell me, you say to me, Greg, you can stand on that chair. And I'm sitting there going, well, I don't know because I've never stood on the chair. I don't have faith, substance. I don't have a conviction of knowledge to go, can I? I don't know. So I have to trust in what you say is true. So I'm here going, ooh, ah, ah, ah. So I look at Malcolm because Malcolm says, you can step on it, Greg, because I made the chair. I know I made it well. And because of my relationship with Malcolm, I go, well, he's trustworthy. 
I know him. I'm in relationship with him. So I don't know because I've never stepped on the chair, but I trust him. So I'm trusting what he says, and he says I can, so I go, okay. (gasps) Faith just got birthed because now I have a conviction of something that's realized. I now know I can stand on the chair, and I can even jump on the chair, and it's carrying my weight. What else could this chair do? (laughs) Who was gasping then? (sighs) Not me, because i got faith. Can you hear what I'm saying? Because we, have got, we use language and we confuse it and it doesn't actually make sense to God. And we're going to look at a bit of that today. And then when I look at, the Bible says, Seek me earnestly and I will reward you. With what? Faith. Because I'll reward you with me. And if you know me, For who I am, you will have faith. It's going to challenge some of our mindsets because of what we've believed and what we've even been taught and what we've even taught ourselves. And the Bible says that a man and a woman is to live by the substance of knowledge in Jesus Christ, and that will determine how a man or a woman lives. Okay, Abel, like I shared last week, He brought the right offering. He was living righteously because he brought it by faith. He had an understanding and a knowledge of the offering he was to bring before God, but his brother didn't. See how powerful faith is? It's no longer a wishy-washy thing. It's no longer, oh, I really hope he's coming through. It's an assurance of what's going to happen. It's an absolute conviction, a knowledge, a yes, yes, yes. I'm going to share more of this when we get to Abraham and his son because we've even made that like, wow, that was amazing. But not when you know what God has said and received what God has said and know that if I kill him, he's going to raise him. And he still hasn't yet fulfilled the promises of God, my son. So he can't die. Why? Because God said that this boy, the nations are going to come through him, and he's only about 14, 15, and it ain't happened. So I can step into that and kill him with an absolute conviction and knowledge and assurance of something that's going to happen. There's no loss. And yet sometimes we look at that and go, oh, man, that's amazing. Would you give up? Well, yeah, if you know. But if you don't know, it's all a bit, isn't it? If I start giving, what's going to happen? Am I going to have enough? Yes, why? Because the God I'm giving to is enough. You see, I've transitioned from an orphan spirit to a sonship spirit. I've gone from being a son who's an orphan, a slave who wants to hold on to and bind, to a son that releases. Why? Because the son releases his son. The father gave us his best, didn't he? Why? Because I'm coming into faith. You see, the apostles said to Jesus, they said, give us more faith. He said, no, if you had it. Come with me. Come with me to Luke 17. I love this. I was just reading this during the week, and he said, put this into your message for Sunday. He's brilliant the way he does these things. Faith causes confidence. Confidence. 
Yes? Paul said, I'm confident of the return of Christ. I look forward to it. I'm moving towards it. I have an absolute confidence, not in myself, in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus revealed himself in the man, didn't he? That's why the man says, I am no longer controlled by my flesh. I'm controlled by love. Not because I found this, because the Lord led me and did a work in me. So now the man was confident in Christ. We sing that song, don't we? Yes and amen. My confidence is in your promises. I will rest in your faithfulness and my confidence is not in me anymore and my ability to get me through stuff or out of stuff. My confidence rests in your word. How does the word come? Through the ability to hear. So faith, the substance of God, comes in the church through the church's ability to hear the word, which is the spirit, the eternal word, not any word, the word, which is found in the eternal spirit realm, which is there like that. So if you want faith, you have to know the word, the person. You search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you find me, but you're unwilling to come to me and have eternal life. You see, it's easy. Faith, hearing the word. Word, hearing, bigs faith. Faith equals hearing plus the word. Word plus hearing equals faith. You, my people, are to be a people of faith, substance, confidence, knowledge, conviction, knowing, and living from that realm. Why? So everyone on the planet that's not that sees me. What an invitation. Why? I've given you my best so you can be the best. I've given you my best. Did you hear that up there? I've given you my best so you can be the best. Be the best Carmen. Be the best Brett you can be. Don't try and be anybody else. Be you. Don't try and be me. Be you. Because you are you. You are not me. And I will not try and be you. Oh, I wish I was like that person. I wish I was. No, be you. You are good. You are one of a kind. So be you. But be you in Christ. And be you in Christ in faith in Christ. Don't be you trying to live for you and trying to fix you. You can't fix you. This is the other thing he said to me on Friday. He said, Greg, you cannot defeat your flesh. You can live from it, but you can't beat it. So Lord, how do we overcome? Ah, through my word. Through renewing your mind through my word so you can hear my word. Renew your mind and faith, substance of me, and live out and from So it's just a normal expression of a life lived out. No longer, ooh, ah, ee, ah, ooh, ooh, maybe. It just is. That's easy, isn't it? See, God is the God who gives us everything we need to live this out. So the problem isn't him, it's me. The problem's always me, it's never him. Hence the renewing of our mind to be able to live out what he calls us to. And here we see in Luke 17, the apostle said to the Lord, 
Luke 17, 5. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And God says this, if you had faith. What a response. So he doesn't go, okay, I'll lay hands on you. Sharababakurama you get more faith. No, he doesn't do that. That's what we do. Oh, okay. He no, no, if you had it, you're supposed to have it by now. Why? Because you've been walking with me for a little while. And you've seen me do things. No, if you had it, and then he says this, if you had faith like a mustard seed, how big is that? Tiny. So here you go, if you have a tiny bit of conviction of who I am, a tiny bit, not a big bit, a tiny bit, a real tiny, tiny, tiny bit, okay, what would happen? You would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. When was the last time you said to the mulberry, hey, you get out over there, and it did? When was the last time you spoke to things in your life, not grumbling, whinging, oh, I never have this, and I never have that, and oh, I'm this, and I'm... No, you speak, because you have faith, and a thing that you're speaking to obeys you. Can you see the authority that we have been given? But someone who doesn't know their authority, doesn't use their authority, so they stay the same. And life swallows us up. And we become consumed by life, not the one who gave us life. If you had faith, his response is different to theirs. We're always asking for stuff we've already got. We just don't know we've got it. That's the problem. We've already got him. People say, I'm looking for love. In the church, I'm oh, just trying to find a community that will love me. You've already got him. He is love. We're supposed to be love, not look for love. Once you've found Christ, you found love, so become love. Stop looking for love from everyone else to fill you and be the very love he said you could be. Not a God, Christ-like. I've called you to be Christ-like. Like my son. So let's start allowing the word of God to start forming us. We are to become love, become hope, become mercy, become the truth. Why? Because faith in us is increasing. Faith in us is increasing. Yes, the substance of knowledge we have, the conviction of the unseen is becoming real in us, formed in us. So I live from victory. I'm no longer living towards something. I'm living from what was done. It's a different way of living, guys. It's a different way that maybe we've been taught. It's a different way where you're always grappling for something, trying to hope it's going to come in, but it never does, does it? You live your whole life living for this reality that never quite turns up. One day, it's going to be next year. It's going to be next year. The best is yet to come. It has come. And it's coming. Who did I just confuse? The best has come, but it is still coming. Ears to hear will understand what I just said. 
See our challenge? I've given you my Holy Spirit to be a people of the Spirit. Not to walk in the flesh, to let go and don't feed it. You cannot deny yourself. You get more of him, which is less of you. That's how it works. Revelation of heaven is how you deny yourself. You don't go on a battle to defeat you. You're already defeated to it. You have to recognize that, turn and start eating the good food. And you will no longer live. It's beautiful. It's natural. It's innate. It's the way of the spirit. But the flesh goes, I've got to try and beat myself. How do I die to me? And me keeps on coming out. Get back in. Get back in. No, come on, come out. In, out, in, out, in, out. And you get sick of that and you go, God, this isn't working. He goes, no, well done. Took you 20 years to figure that out, Simnor. Well done. You're so lucky I am patient. Not longing anyone to perish, including you. So you can get my ways, not yours, and enter into the fullness of life now. So I'm in Mojo Cafe on Featherston Street, another coffice that I'm taking over. It's free office space as long as you buy a coffee about every hour. It's good. Stretch it out to an hour and a half. Don't have too many coffees because you feel a bit sick then. Anyway, so I'm in there. I met uh, Chris Reddington, so he was there with me, so accountability. We're talking God, we're not just having coffee. No, <laughs> that's a joke. Okay, that's a joke. <laughs> so I'm in there anyway, Thursday, Friday. Windy day, wasn't it? Thursday, Friday? Rainy, horrible day. And what happens at Mojo Coffee is the doors blow open. So everyone inside gets freezing, and the, and the rain comes in, the wind comes in, everyone's like, Ugh! so everyone gets up and cl- closes the door. But when it's really windy, the winds blow open. So you have this process of the staff come, close the doors, everyone's happy, the, winds blow, the doors blow open, everyone's cold. So, smart employee gets the sign, puts the sign up to the side of the handles, close door, use other door. People come up to the door. <laughs> it's funny when you're inside, because eh, you see it happening, they're like, or oh, boom, oof. You know? It's like, <laughs> the sign's right there that says, don't use this door, it's locked. So the employee's been watching this as I was watching it, and they're having to laugh. You know, people standing, they're getting wet and raining, it's like, want a coffee, want a coffee. So the employee grabs the sign, puts it right where the handles are at eye level. People come up. (laughs) Nothing. Can't get in. (laughs) What's right in front of them is something they can't see. What's right in front of you is something you can't see. And these people passionately try and bust the door down for a coffee. They stand there. The sign fell off. That's how hard the person was pulling the door. And I looked at the employees, she looked at me and I was saying, and then people finally figure it out after five minutes of yanking the door off its hinges. And they go, you can see them, mate, like this. And they go, this door is locked. Oh. 
Oh, hey. They walk around, and you can see them walk in like, did anyone see that? You know, anyone see me walk up to the coffee? And what has been right in front of them the whole time, they did not have eyes to see. And we can be the same. You see, increase our faith. No. Eat me, you'll have it. I'm not going to do something I've already done. It's not your way, it's my way. You want a nice zap. I've already given you my ways. If you're in my ways, you'll have my life. See, I am the way, and if you're in my way, then you're in my truth. And if you're in my truth, you're in my life. And that's an eternal life now on the earth. It's not just a nice statement where Jesus said, and by the way, that'll get you to the Father and get you to heaven, which we've limited and minimized down to just going to heaven and not hell. No, if we're in him, we have his life, Christ-like. We become more and more people of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? We walk by the ability, the conviction to receive, hear, accept the unseen things, eat them, not by what we physically see in front of us. Who could hear the panic in the voices around you when good old Donald Trump became president? You go to a cafe, you can hear it. It's like, God allows all things. So God's got a master plan that's going to be outworked. It's just whether we're understanding his plan and we're able to bring hope and peace and joy to this reality. You see, one's faith, one's fear, isn't it? <gasps> What's the problem? Donald Trump got in. Yeah, it's good, eh? Awesome for Donald. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. That ain't awesome for anybody, but neither, I don't believe personally, was the other option. But anyway, it's about him, isn't it? And really the political scene on one aspect, please hear me, we're called to influence it, but at the same time it's irrelevant for who we're to become. Because Jesus said, I didn't come here to change the planet, I came to demonstrate another kingdom. If Jesus came to destroy Rome, he would have. If he'd come to destroy everything, he would have, but he didn't. He's coming back to establish that. He came to demonstrate, form, establish his kingdom of God upon the earth. Then he invited you and I to be representation of it while the world does what the world does. And as the world gets darker and darker and darker, the church gets brighter and brighter and brighter. So the world go, hmm. Who are those crazy people? Anyway, let's see if we can figure this out and make the world a better place, heal the world. Someone never told Michael the world's dying. Mm, those guys don't... Man, I'm freaking out. Anyway, we'll try for another year, try and figure it out. Mm. And over time, this is what happens. Mm, mm, mm. 
Because the church is the church. Why? Because the church is built on faith. The substance, the conviction, and it's living from faith. It's so natural because it's received, so it's able to. It didn't figure it out. It surrendered and came through the process of weakness and received. What a beautiful back-to-front way to come into strength. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The doors at Mojo, by the way, still stand. <laughs> they must have been built well. Come with me to Hebrews 11.6. This is a really cool passage. All passages are cool, aren't they? Hebrews 11.6. I'm going to read it from the NASB, then I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, be fully convinced. That's what believe really means. To be fully convinced that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What a cool promise, isn't this? I'll read it again. Okay. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. If we have received the spirit of God, we have a measure of a substance of this thing called faith, haven't we? If I was to say to you, do you believe? Do you have a full conviction God is real? And if I can sway that, then I would say you probably don't. You can't rock. If I try to say to you, Paul Costello, you're not Paul Costello. I'm here to tell you today, you are Fred White. And Paul goes, oh man, I thought I was Paul Costello. Have I been living a lie my whole life? He doesn't have a conviction of who he was, who he is. You see, a true conviction, no one can rock, no one can break, no one can cause any sort of like doubt. Why? Because it's a full conviction. If I try and convince Paul he's not Paul, he laughs at me, says, you need help, and walks the other way. Or he walks to me to try and help me get help, even though I think he needs help. That happens, doesn't it? It's you. No, it's actually you. Can't be me. Well, how come you're the one in fear? You see, a full conviction is a full conviction. So if we're in Christ to the measure we have faith, this is how cool. It can be tiny, and you can say to the mulberry tree, get out of here. Okay, so but God wants to increase faith, doesn't he? But what you need before you come to him is this measure of it. So you come, he puts it in, and all of a sudden, I'm pleasing to God. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so we're pleasing to God. We believe he is. Then the second half, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Ooh. Man, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What does that look like? And what does he reward us with? Him. So if I have more of him, what do I have? More of? Oh, what are we talking about? Please encourage me. Thank you. Faith. 
If I have more of God, I have more faith. Why? Because God is God and faith is the unseen conviction of the unseen. So I have more of an understanding, a revealed picture of who God is and his ways. In me, I automatically have more faith, which I then live from. It's like Paul. Paul knows he's Paul, so he lives with Paul because he knows he's Paul. He doesn't try and be someone else he's not because he knows he's Paul. It's not a wrestle anymore. It's not hard. It's not, oh, it's so hard. No, no, no. That's a lack of understanding. That's why it's hard. When you know, you know. If I ask you what your phone number is, you can go, oh, that's a hard one. Hold on a minute. Some of us might do because we never use them. (laughs) But I hope you can hear my point. You don't doubt. What color shirt have you got on today? Oh, it's salmon. It ain't pink. And my phone is red. Okay? Just to get it out there, it's not pink. Kirsten Blythe says it's pink and she wears glasses. I put them on. It's a shade of red. Anyway, let's get back to the story. So he wants to reward us with himself so we can live in accordance to who he says we are. Yes? But I must be a seeker. What does that mean, Greg? What does it look like to seek God? 1991. I'm 20 years old. My dad had become a follower of Christ at the age of 55. My mum, six months later, at the age of 50, well, that's okay. We'd always been open as a family, never been brought up with any of it, been open to discuss. My young brother, in his own words, they got me, becomes a follower, and I end up down in Dunedin, visiting my mum and dad because they're living there and I'm down for two weeks, to which they put in front of me an Ian McCormick Video. Ian, if you don't know, was stung by box jellyfish at the age of 24, died after 20 minutes, had an encounter with God, comes back into this world, and has been serving the Lord with his life for the last 25 years, sharing the incredible testimony which has seen thousands and thousands of people reconciled to God. So I'm listening to this man, and he's talking about his testimony. He's talking about light and love. And my heart stirred because I've always really been someone who's been a searcher. I've been inquisitive. I'd look at my hand and go, how does that work? There's got to be someone or something behind this because you don't just cut and it heals and it's just from mud. doesn't make sense. I don't know who it is, but there's someone behind it. So I've always had this inquisitive nature and my dad commits, my mum commits, my brother commits, and then I'm given this video of this man who's sharing a story about a God that he thought was a whole lot of rubbish, but he has an encounter with. He's talking about light and love. And my heart is stirred to the point where I'm weeping. And so I go to bed that night with this absolute hunger and thirst for if what I've heard is it true. And I pray this simple but powerful convictional prayer in my bedroom. If you're real, I want to know. And I said this, let's get it on. (laughs) 
Let's get it on. Come on, Parker. Take your best shot. You're only going to get one. Let's get it on. But how do you know how God responds to where you're at? See, God sees the heart, not the words. He sees the heart. Oh, Lord, I love you. No, I see your heart. I see your heart. No, that's not true. Or I love you, Lord. Yes, you do, son. So he heard my heart. Thank you, Jesus. And he came. Three o'clock in the morning, pitch black. I have the perfect circle beaming through the window of light, filling my whole room with light. When you open the curtains, the house was built into the hillside, so you just saw hell. So it's not someone out there at three in the morning with a torch going, ha, on, off, on, off, on, off. And I'm awestruck. I'm in reverence. I'm like, he's real. <laughs> you ever know that when you think he's real and now he's real? And you're like, oh my goodness, you're in trouble now. What does this all mean? He heard a seeker. And he came. Now, he didn't come in the version of what you might think of a person. He came in what I'd heard, light. For I I didn't have a clue. I knew nothing about the Bible. But I'd heard this man say, Jesus said he was the light of the world. And I'm adding up light and light. That's Christ in my room. And he heard. I said I'd come. He came, even in my bravado. He was present. And I'm like, ugh. I get up that morning, I run into my parents' room where I sleep, I jump on their bed. I'm 20. I'm a big lump. And I, mum, mum, get up, get up, get up. Whoa, 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 what's happened? There's a house burning. No, Jesus is real. Oh, yeah, we know he is. No, you don't know he's real. Not like I know he's real. He came to me last night. It's real. It's real. It's real. My dad's like, whoa, yeah, he's real, son. He's like, <sighs> now, if you know my story, which you can hear, that lasted about eight weeks, and then Greg decided to go live for Greg again. Well, not a smart move, but a move that I made. And God is so faithful. He came, and he came, and he came. And he got me to where I needed to be, even though I couldn't get me there in time. And so my life today is a testimony of God's goodness to his people. Nothing to do with me. If you knew me before, you would go, you're an idiot. I would agree. With the amount of opportunities that God has come through supernatural ways to get me where I needed to be, his grace and his mercy and his love has been the thing. And I am forever faithful now to walk that out in confidence and faith in Christ. And it started, guys, because I was a seeker of something I didn't even know was written down. If you believe, come to me, seek me, and I will reward you with me. So fast forward that now. So I am now following him. 1997, as you know, I had a powerful encounter in my workplace. Now I'm on fire and following him. And I meet this beautiful angel here on the front row. Yeah, it was woe too, bro. (laughs) I remember being in the music team up here, and I was, wasn't leading, I was just, and Danny walked in with their mum and dad, and I was like, whoo, yeah, praise Jesus. 
She went up there, walked up there. And I just remember looking at her going, wow, yeah, yeah. God spoke to me after the service that I would actually marry her. <laughs> you quite seen it. <laughs> but so he spoke. He spoke a word and said, you're going to marry her. I never told her. What an idiot. First day I met you. Hey, by the way, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So we're friends for a while. We start dating. We've been dating about three months, getting on really, really well. And she rings me up and she says, you know, I don't think we've got much in common. Um, so I think we'll call it a, I, I, you know, we're not, no, this isn't working out. So we'll just leave it as it is. I'm like, hey. I thought, oh. So everything's going well, but, and, and now it's not. And I'm like, man, okay. I don't understand this. I had a word from God that I believed, had a conviction of it. So this was Sunday. So Monday morning comes along. I'm up getting ready for work and I hear this. Go down the waterfront and meet me there tonight. Waterfront oriented parade. Go down the waterfront. I want to speak to you tonight. It wasn't audible like that. It just was a thought that came to my mind. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's a rubbish night. It's windy, raining, cold. It's not your typical Wellington day. <laughs> so, I'm down there at 7.30 with my Bible, my beanie. I worked for NZ Safety, which was awesome, so I had wet weather gear. I put my wet weather pants on, my big jacket on, and I had a blanket. And at that, so I don't know they're still there. They had lights, like big like lamps that would light the path. So I'm down there waiting, praying. How are you going to speak? Am I going to see it in the, in the lights? You know, are you going to give me a word? So I'm praying, waiting, praying, waiting. People are walking past. People are laughing. I think he's one of those Jesus freaks. And you can hear murmuring going on. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm getting wet. I put the Bible away because I don't want it to get wet. And I'm sitting there and I pull it out and I'm looking. And I'm going, come on, give me something. Am I going to read it here? It's about 10.30, quarter to 11. Nothing. Okay. I'm still seeking because he's told me to be here. These three people from this side of me come behind me and they stop. And I can hear them like, no, yeah, I think we need to. No, I think we're supposed to. So there's this murmur and I'm thinking, oh yeah, they think I'm a nutter, you know, just like everyone else. Anyway, they come up and there's a father and two teenagers. They're about 17, 16, they're dead. He says, um, excuse me, I'm like, he says, are you a, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, I am. He said, oh, whew. <laughs> I said, why is that? He said, well, he said, we're from out of town and we're staying at what was Raphael's on the hill there at the time. He said, we were walking past. We're just out and about with my kids. We just want to get some fresh air. We just landed. And as I walked past you, the Holy Spirit said, go back and speak to him. 
And I said to my kids, I need to go back. And that's what I was hearing behind me. The kids were going, no, no, no. He's probably going to kill us. He's probably a nutter. No, 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 no. And the dad's like, no, I think I need to. That was the Holy Spirit. So anyway, they reluctantly come back. And so I'm like, he said, what are you doing out here, man? It's freezing. It's like, by this stage, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I said, I explained just briefly the situation. I said, God has told me to be here. He's going to tell me what, it, what this is about. And he's looking at me. And then, like I heard go down to the waterfront, I heard this. Ask them their names. So I said to the daughter, she was, I said, what's your name? She said, Rachel. Nothing. I said to the son, the son I said, what's your name? He said, Michael. Nothing. And I said to the man, I said, what's your name? He said, Peter. And as soon as he said Peter, the Holy Spirit said, your answer is in the book of Peter. And I went, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I just started to laugh and smile. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, the Holy Spirit has just told me where I am to look, and your name is the answer in the word of God. Thank you. He said, that's a blessing, son. Gave me a hug, walked off. And I started reading Peter. And I didn't know whether it was 1 Peter or 2 Peter. And I found the answer in 1 Peter to what I needed. And it was trust in me. Simple. But you know what happened through all that was the formation of faith in me. You could go, all that for that, yes, but it was more than that. It was what was happening as I walked through the process and his faith was being formed in me, a substance. So I got home and I'm flatting with two girls who aren't Christians. I woke them up. I went into there and turned their life. You got to know what happened to me tonight. And I'm just preaching. Why? Through what happened because I've got substance that needs to come out about his goodness. And here today, you know, 15 years later, with two children. He says, if you would seek me, I will reward you. And it isn't once, it's a lifestyle. It's a whole lifestyle of continually eating, seeking, knocking, knock, seek, and find, knock, and the door will be open. But guys, if we're not seekers of him, he won't reward us with himself because he's looking to reward those who seek because he's looking to do a powerful work that we would represent him well. And he's so love that he gives you a freedom of choice as to where you will spend your time and your energy and your resource because he doesn't want to manipulate you. He doesn't want to coerce you. He doesn't want to shape you like a robot. He wants you to choose him out of a choice of your heart because you've come to realize just how good he is. He's a good, good Father, Listen to Hebrews 11.6 in the Amplified Version. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Let me just read you Luke 11. And this is a beautiful picture of a man who perseveres and persists 
who seeks out the reality in which he's looking for. Jesus has just taught about prayer, and it's this, Luke eleven five. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, do not bother me, the door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. It's more like he will not. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, which is a little bit interesting in the NASB, but I'll just read it as it is. Yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. You see, part of seeking is persevering. I had to persevere that night because it wasn't this, right, I'm here five minutes, zap me. It's cold. I'm wet. I had a cold for two weeks. That's my timer. Can you try and turn that off? We'll see how much faith he's got. Not knowledge on mobile phones. So I've got to persevere. I've got to press in. I have to be persistent, don't I? Don't we? See, here's a man. It's midnight. It's not 7 o'clock at night. It's midnight that he goes out and he knocks. And he's not going anywhere till he gets what he wants. Now, there is a good getting what you want and a wrong getting. There is a motive of heart that God is looking for. That's why our words have to match our heart. If your motive is wrong, you will not receive. But if your motive is pure and the will of God and right, you will. And the Bible continues to say here, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened to you. So the promise from God's perspective to you and I, if you seek me, it'll happen. But when you seek me with the right heart, and you continue to seek me and continue to knock, don't give up after one knock. Don't give up after one seek. God is looking for something in our hearts. Sometimes he will just hold back and go, let's see. See if they really want me or whether they really want themselves and they want to bless themselves with my blessing. See, he knows us, doesn't he? And he knows our heart. And so he responds to a state of our heart. Yes, this is a heart motive that is pure. You want because you're going to do my will. You don't want to do your will. Prayers aren't being answered for some of our prayers because our prayers are self-centered, not Christ-centered. And so we see, this isn't the Psalms, and I'll wrap this, 105, 3 to 4. Glory is his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continuously. Why? Because the truth sets you free. He is the truth. When you seek truth, the truth sets you free. You say, I am free. 
I say, good, become more free. What? Be more free. Jesus died that you would be free from everything. He set me free to be free from my unhealthy connection to my wife and to reattach me so now it's a healthy connection to my wife. He set me free from being unhealthily connected to my children and reattach me that I can be connected to my children, live healthily, not consume with my kids, not creating a codependent relationship because I need my kids to be happy because Jesus makes me happy. So there's freedom and there's freedom and there's freedom and there's freedom and there's freedom. And everything he has done and will continue to do is to not only keep you in freedom, it's to propel you into freedom, that you would live life so free that you live for him completely. And then you call everyone in your life to follow you as you are following Christ. There's an army on a mission to see the kingdom of God come in their own lives and hearts and minds and upon the earth. Amen. And God is calling you and I to that purpose. And faith, the substance, the conviction, which is heard through the word as it goes out and as it is written down and spoken for, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. It's already been declared. It is being spoken. So I look for people who have ears to hear what already is. Receive it by the Spirit of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Boom. Whoa, what was that? That was Jesus and his living word. Now turn and start living out what we're called to. Nothing more, nothing less. Followers of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul said, I live my life now. No longer in self. No longer am I living from me because I found the one that I thought I knew. And I'm living by faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Just ask you to just bow your heads. I'm just going to. If there's someone here this morning that. You've, you're on a journey, you're like me, 25 years ago, whatever it was, that's too long, <laughs> 17 years ago, and you know, you know you've been created for the best, you know that what you're currently living out, trying to live out in you is not working, and God is drawing you to something better, greater. It's a life you are predestined to experience and know. It's a relationship that you were created to know. You have not been made through slime. You are not a monkey. You are a person made through the power of the spirit. You are a spirit being with a flesh body created to be in a relationship with a being called Jesus Christ, a person. And our nature gets in the way of that. But that doesn't stop. God coming. It never will because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he wants you to know him and his love. Is there anyone here this morning that's saying, Greg, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about, but I know it's me. If it is, can you just quickly raise your hand just so I can see it? We're going to just do what we call pray a prayer. We're going to acknowledge that reality and then you're just going to say, Lord, I want to know you. We never walk by understanding first. We walk by belief. And we can believe without understanding.
God will renew our mind later on to what we're doing because we're spirit. And so we live by believe, we believe. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to start a relationship? Not a religion, not a set of rules, but a relationship. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. That's cool. Anyone else? I did this in 1997. Can I encourage you, those two people and anyone else, it has been the greatest decision I ever made, trying to find the answers in my own ability to solve my problems, and I never found it. I tried to find it in people. I tried to find it in partying. I tried to find it in work, money, sport, all these things. Never found it. It's found in him. Every problem you have is found in Jesus. He is the answer to it all whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in parenting, whether it's in business, finances, education, he is the answer. He is the source of life. And without him, we don't have life. We have a mutated version of life that we think is feeding us, it's killing us. And that's why he came. Is there anyone else of those two people? Okay, and we just pray this prayer together. So those two people, if you just repeat these words and pray from your heart, because it's not about words, it's just about your heart to his, and he will hear your heart. If we can just do all this together, just repeat after me. Father, today I acknowledge you're real, for which I am ever thankful. I thank you that you created me for a love relationship and today I acknowledge that with the measure of faith I have I thank you that you died for me I thank you that you rose again from death for me that I may experience the fullness of life now I ask you to forgive me of my nature that is contrary to yours and right now cleanse me of my fallen nature I ask you to help me and empower me to live for you and to discover more of who you are I will be a seeker of you and know as I seek you with all my heart, I will find you. I thank you that you have, are saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. After we're going to finish, now those two people, if you would, I'd love you to come forward at the end of the service and just chat. We've got something for you. Um, just make sure you know some people here. Um, and it's just the start. So it's just the start of a relationship. That's what it is. It's a relationship no different to every relationship we have. And God wants you to get to know him. And as we know him, life comes. So awesome. I reckon that needs a call. <laughs> Bible says when one person turns, the angelic realm celebrates. And so know those two people, angels are celebrating now that you've made a decision. So have an awesome week, guys.